0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today, we're going to be talking to a subject matter expert. This guy knows what it takes to scale businesses from a revenue perspective, and so I'm excited to dig into that. First off, though, I want to introduce him. It is Christian Solomini. He is the founder and CEO of Fractional CRO. And You might be wondering, what is a CRO? We'll get into that in a second, but I want to welcome you to the show, Christian.
1: Thanks, Lance. Great to be here. I really appreciate you taking the time today.
0: Well, I definitely appreciate you coming to us with your knowledge, the almost two decades of experience in this area. So, Define what CRO is for our audience who aren't familiar with that term.
1: Sure. Uh, CRO is a relatively newer term used in the space, it's a chief revenue officer. And uh, in the past, different functions existed in businesses, chief marketing officer, SVP of sales, customer success. And about five years or so ago, uh, people started using the term chief revenue officer. And it's a little bit different than an SVP of sales. In most organizations, the way people define it, it's a member of the executive team Where you would have the functions of marketing, sales, business development, customer success, all the revenue generating elements of the business roll up to that one person, and that's a chief revenue officer.
0: Now, I love that you included the CMO role, the chief marketing officer within that revenue side of the ledger, because there's a lot of people that consider that to be a cost center, not a revenue center. And so as a guy who, you know, lives and breathes marketing every day, that's that's Always a bit of a sore point for me. So I'm glad to see you recognize that as being a chief driver of the revenue side of things. So now, as your role as a fractional CRO, uh, what is it that you do when you come into an organization and are helping, you know, company X with their challenges, which I presume are around how do we? Boost our revenues. How do we generate more sales? I I would think is really the direction that they're that they're wanting you to take them. Yeah,
1: well, it, it's good that you call that out. I mean, there, there's a lot of different things in in terms of how people define fractional. It's not a consultant. It's, it's basically a member of your executive team that is spending a specific amount of their week working with you. So they're doing all the same things a full time chief revenue officer would do, or a fractional. CTO would do or a fractional COO would do, but a specific dedicated amount of hours or days of the week. So no different than a full-time employee in what they're doing. It's just, you might get 20 hours or 10 hours or 30 hours. If the, the difference between that and an interim, an interim would be a full-time person that's only around for a specific amount of months or weeks or whatever it may be. And it's different from a consultant that might be more hourly based or uh, deliverable based. Hey, I'm going to deliver XYZ project for this amount of dollars. A fractional executive is a member of your team, but you're just not getting the full amount of their time. Now, a lot of people say, well, why would we do this? Well, there's a lot of reasons. You may not have figured out product market fit. You may have limited budget. There's a A lot of different reasons why hiring someone as a full-time CRO or COO or CFO just might not be in your budget. You want their expertise, but you don't necessarily know if you need them in that full-time capacity for a long amount of time. Uh, But there's a lot of just inherent benefits to having someone who's been doing that sort of work for other organizations uh, and, and allows you to free up some cash to do some other things.
0: Yeah, and I and I want to, uh, I, I think, expand upon that a little better from my perspective anyway, is when you're talking about fractional, I think one of the biggest advantages, not only can you right size that position to the budget that you have, right, and the time commitment that you need from that expert, but I think what you said towards the end there, the experience that you have working with a bunch of different companies, uh, whether that's simultaneously or some of the companies that you've worked with in the past, I think the fractional people who are coming in, those experts are coming in with a lot more hands on experience with a wide variety, oftentimes, of types of businesses, not necessarily different industries. I know that is definitely the case uh, for a lot of fractional people as well, but more so in having lived, you know, fractionally within a bunch of different Organizations and that knowledge and understanding have an a pulse of what's going on today without having you know that echo chamber of the current current or the only uh, business that you're working in. If you're singularly working in one business, you don't have that same uh, cultural um, yeah echo chamber that you just don't really get exposure to all the rest of. Uh, you know, the, the 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 business community out there. And so you have a much better, I think, um, window into the way that good functioning organizations are working, poor ones are, are working, uh, and ones that are just kind of average. And you can see the best practices like firsthand. And I think that's very different than having somebody working for you full time or having somebody working for you, you know, on an hourly basis or something like that. I think the fractional has a huge advantage over that.
1: Yeah, that's 100%. I mean, when you, when you work with a lot of different organizations, you see many, many different things. If you're just with one for 10 years, you kind of understand how, the way that organization works, challenges that they may have. But I see a lot of patterns and similarities where people are yeah. doing right things, people are doing wrong things, people need a little bit of guidance one way or another. And you get that by working with a lot. Everybody is yeah. their different profile for what they go after if they do fractional work but if you generalize a lot of people work with relatively smaller businesses could be sometimes seed series a series b after that you get a, you know most of them would hire a full time cro it's a very normal thing um, employee size you know 10 People, they kind of start having budgets for folks like this. And some organizations up to 500 people will hire fractional. But after that, a lot of the times uh, organizations make the investment in a full-time you know, executive in those roles.
0: Yeah. So now tell me, uh, from the experience that you have in working with all these different businesses, um, what are you typically finding in terms of some of those patterns that you were saying that you you know, get to uncover? Uh, because of the volume or the the number of different kinds of businesses that you're working with. Sometimes it's product market fit. Uh, Other
1: times it's go to market strategy. A lot of companies don't have a really well-defined sales playbook. So Mm -hmm. not understanding their buyer personas, their sales plays, how they price um, demo scripts, like just, just, it seems Simple, um, you know, if you work for, you know, more established organizations, but a lot of smaller businesses can, can tend to be a little haphazard in terms of what they built. And they just need a little guidance to hone in on what their key uh, value propositions are uh, just to make a little um, more standardization to how do they go to market. So most of them is nothing crazy. I, I haven't worked with any businesses that have no product in market. It's always yeah. something and it's just really refining how they go. Um, and then other, in other cases, I work with companies and they just wanna find a better way to differentiate against well-established incumbents in certain markets.
0: So now when you come into a business, what are some of the first things that you are doing? Because uh, I'd imagine you, know, you have to understand the, the product, you have to understand the business, how that functions and that. But once you have that basic understanding what what are the first things that you are really, you know, zeroing in on, I guess?
1: I'm not actually zeroing in on anything and I'll tell you why. I'm okay. just listening a lot yeah. because I'll, most of the time the people I talk to are the CEO and they have a perspective on certain things, but I want to meet other members of the team. And then I it helps me hone in on, okay you say you want this but this isn't really the challenge that you're facing. So yeah. most of what i do outside of learning the business cuz i want to understand their product, how, you know, how it works, you know, what what the value proposition is, but really listening to the ex- executive team for the challenges that they're facing and then identifying ones that we can spend more time on versus others. I don't try to boil the ocean like there's some most companies have a couple tactical things that are big challenges for them. And then um, I'd like to figure out from the various different leaders in the organization, is that really truly a challenge? You know, where, where are you facing hurdles and then hone in on those things. This isn't something because you're fractional, if you were full-time, you might be looking really broadly across the, the whole organization to start out, but fractional, you were only getting a specific amount of their time. So you want to pick things that ha- can have the greatest impact.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And, and you mentioned something just with regard to, you know, the, uh, that sometimes what they think is the problem is not the problem that needs to be solved. Can you expand upon that a little bit?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, there's all different sorts of, of companies. Sometimes they think it's a product feature function. Sometimes they think it's a marketing issue. Um, a lot of it just comes down to, clearly articulating value proposition, getting the fit in the market, and then making it repeatable. Um, Some of the, most of the ones I I work with still aren't at product definition phase. They're a little bit past that. So it's not necessarily, Hey, I I'm building this new thing. I don't even, I don't even know who would want to buy it. It's like, I've got this thing. It's built. I'm having challenges selling it. I'm not sure why. What Mm -hmm. are, what are we doing wrong? Are we talking to the wrong person? You know, are we, is is our go to market, you know, marketing campaigns wrong? Like there's just things like that, just taking an outside look. So there's people who do what I do in a more generalist sense. I focus on four vertical markets where I know them really well. Um, I'm not saying I, somebody would call me tomorrow and say, Hey, I work for a pencil company. I need a chief revenue officer. Like, I, I, I've used pencils, I use a number two pencil, but that's about all I know. So I, I like I, I, I would push them away more to go get an expert that works in that space. But I try to work with uh, companies where I know the industry really, really well. And that's where I feel I could add the most value with some other disciplines, they might from a fractional perspective, maybe a CFO, maybe some other types of roles or functions, they don't need as much industry expertise. But from a go-to-market perspective, I've just found that uh, from a fractional CRO perspective, understanding a couple key vertical markets and then going deep on them is where I could add the most value. So I, yeah, so- I end up, yeah, I end up working with a lot of fintech and payments yeah. companies, Internet of Things, because these are all companies that I work for when I worked in a full-time capacity, leading sales and marketing teams that I worked in. So yeah. it, it, it understanding those nuances, I think, helps the uh, clients get faster value and they have to spend time teaching you about their business because you already come in with some basic level knowledge and that's one of the things with uh the knock that people have on consultants is you end up spending money to educate them for the first three or six months before they return any value but fractional folks if they have industry expertise and sometimes not can really hit the ground running
0: yeah, and exactly. And I think that that's a really important thing when, when the audience is thinking about engaging Fractional is to try to find somebody that has uh, some background, understanding, some knowledge, some experience within their industry. And thank you for noting the ones that you're uh, involved with or where your particular expertise lies. Uh, one of the things that I um, you know often hear from other people that I'm talking to, so entrepreneurs who are... Um, you know, have been in the business for quite a while, or have had a number of businesses. And we talk about some of the things that they maybe didn't do right, or that they wish they would have done differently or sooner. Um, And one of the things that comes up quite frequently is systems. And so our... You a systems guy, are you coming in and implementing, uh, you know, new systems within these organizations because you're finding that oftentimes that's a part of the struggle is that they just haven't systematized uh, their processes, whether that's on the sales side or the marketing side or some other aspect of the revenue puzzle?
1: Sometimes, I mean, one of the things I do with most companies is I do a a deal flow stage analysis. So all the various stages for what is a prospect to a marketing qualified lead, to a sales qualified lead, to a qualified opportunity, mapping out entry and exit criteria through all those various stages. I take a look at that. I make recommendations on that because if you can't do that or your various team members' aren't using the same gates, then you can't be talking a similar language about what is a qualified lead at 25%. Yeah. I've gotten to so many companies and they're like, oh yeah, I feel this, or I feel that. Like, there's no feeling. (laughs) Like, yeah, I can't run a weighted pipeline if you're feeling that it's 75%. Like, so doing a lot of that in the beginning, whether they need it or not, one helps me understand their business. And then it also helps refine what they're talking about as they're going through their stages. So I always do that. And then sometimes if they need some help with various tools on their tech stack, um, I'll make recommendations on ones that I've used that have worked well, or I'll help them um, with implementing new ones at other CRO jobs. You know, I've, I've, I've implemented CRM systems from, from scratch and things like that. That's not really where I spend a ton of time because most of the, companies I come in and talk to already have some level of system, but they might want to augment with like a sales enablement tool or a content delivery tool or other things like that. And I've worked with a a variety of those over, over the past few years.
0: Yeah. And so this is one thing that I also wonder about too, because I've seen this in some of the businesses that, uh, you know, our clients that we work with. um, And I've also heard this from other people too, is that uh, a lot of time, uh, there's a distraction in terms of you know picking the right tool or that you uh, invest in all this technology in the tech stack, but then it's not being actually leveraged properly strategically is what I mean, I guess that it's not being leveraged strategically. And so the tool itself isn't the end all um, is what I've experienced. And so can you speak to that a little bit? Is that something that you find as well where sometimes that can be more of a distraction than what it is actually uh, an enablement tool for for revenue? Well,
1: there, there's so many things that people buy that don't work. Um, you know, one of them is f- like fatigue and overload, just throwing mm-hmm. a whole bunch of tools at a sales force is one thing um, that typically doesn't work well. Um, but to getting buy-in from your sales team, like this is important. This is required. This is, you know, this is how we're going to train on it. This is why we're going to use it. These are the benefits you're going to get. Um, a lot of companies don't have discipline around that. And yeah. when you don't, and you have uh break points or you just have, you know, a lot of sellers that have been doing you know, this for a long time, they have their system. And that might work on some level, but when you're making these investments in these tools, which are quite, can be quite expensive, you know, some upwards of a hundred dollars per salesperson per month, like it's significant. And that's on top of your CRM costs. That's on top of HubSpot. That's on top of other things. You need to have that level of training and enablement uh, to make sure people understand how to use them, retrain and reinforce because if not what's the point of having them in the first place there's no you you, i can't go sign you up using outreach or gong or something else like that and then instantly your sales go up 50 percent the next month it doesn't work like that so you need to have you need to have the buy-in from the sales team from sales leadership and really from other organizations that tie into uh to use those tools and make them effective
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm also curious when you come into an organization, do they typically already have, you know, a a marketing manager and a sales manager in place? And so then you're there, you know, where these people are essentially now starting to kind of report up to you or that you're trying to coach them on different aspects. Or do you tend to come in and they don't really even have that layer of uh, of leadership uh, there in place yet? i've seen everything i mean I,
1: I i've worked with companies that are 12 guys in a garage and don't have any marketing i've worked with other people that have part-time uh employees doing that because of their budget constrained and i've worked with other companies where they have you know full full team so it's it's all across the board
0: yeah yeah i guess right you get a a wide variety of different scenarios that you'd be walking into um it, would you mind sharing, you know, some stories from some of the uh, some of the most memorable engagements that you've had?
1: Oh my um, they're they're all across the board. So you know, I started you know helping companies back in 2005 with various different things, from uh, recruiting to market research reports to um, mergers and acquisition uh, due diligence analysis um so all all over the place um most recently uh worked with a a buddy's company that is building solutions for cashless gaming, so the ability to route funds and off a uh, on and off a slot machine in real time on your mobile device basically will you know revolutionize the the player experience at land based casino properties that that was really cool <clears throat> working with some Uh, kids that uh, right out of college that are working on a a technology for athlete performance tokens. uh, So you can trade uh, tokens based upon real world athlete performance, uh, more like a cryptocurrency. Uh, Another company that does blockchain solutions in Europe uh, for tracking things along the supply chain. So I don't know, just interesting stuff all across the board. And then more traditional payments processing and fintech companies. I don't know if one stands out, but they're all interesting in their own ways.
0: Yeah, oh, that's really cool. Quite the, quite the, uh, the breadth, right, like what you said, in terms of the types of businesses that you are engaging with. And so it's really exciting. Now, if somebody wanted to connect with you and ask you a question about CRO or, or potentially engage you, uh, what would be the best way for them to connect? Uh, hit me up
1: on uh, LinkedIn uh, you can go to my website fractional -cocom you can contact me that way and um, also got a good network of other folks if you you know if you ever need a fractional CRO or a fractional CMO I'm in a ton of networking uh, groups with all these fractionals that you know help each other uh, round out their portfolio so even if you're looking for other stuff um, and you're just interested in learning more about why you want to work with a fractional how they can add value happy to talk about that
0: Excellent. Well, thanks a lot for stopping by and sharing your expertise and all things CRO related. And for those of you who are listening today and really enjoyed this episode, head over to amplifyyourbusiness.ca. You're going to find a whole pile of stories about entrepreneurship as well as some interviews with experts just like Christian here today. So thanks again, Christian. Really appreciate it. And for all of you who are listening today, I wish you a prosperous rest of your day.